0: All right, welcome back to Girls Talk Football. This is your host, Tiffany, with my co-hosts, French and Craig. This week, we are talking about the AFC South Division week this week, which I'm super excited about. I think this is a super fun division. Um, I think that a lot of these teams are super competitive. Um, Today, we are talking about the Houston Texans. Um, But really quick before we get started into that, um, I wanted to bring up uh, last time we talked, French brought up, um, you know, the Colin Kaepernick thing and how that could maybe relate to today with the whole George Floyd mm-hmm. stuff. And there's actually a big article out right now on NBC News about Goodall getting a bunch of crap for his statement that he made um, about the NFL and the whole situation with George Floyd. And they're basically saying that he doesn't have any compassion, that he doesn't have any right to say anything because of the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Um, yeah, he said, and even the ex-NFL executive, um, Joe Lockhart, he even came and said that the NFL should bring Colin Kaepernick back. And he sees that now with what's going on, that he understands why he did what he did and that... He feels that the NFL was wrong for what they did in Colin Kaepernick's situation.
1: See that two things right there off the bat, which I'm glad we start off this. Roger Goodell cannot control every single player and every single action. So at my at my at my dis- this best, he I don't think he's to blame really for how the NFL is handling stuff. He has so much on his plate as it is as the NFL commissioner. Goodell just does not have time for everybody to be batting an eye at him and. And saying this and saying that, he, he already has so much to end there anyway. Secondly, uh, I believe that we read the article yesterday about the former exec, uh, uh, VP executive, Roger Goodell, Joe Lockhart, says that this is what he said in his article. It blows my mind that the Vikings in Minneapolis, where the George Floyd situation happened, should sign Colin Kaepernick, as I would put it, not like, would you put, I mean, maybe reparation would be a wrong word, but as a sympathy act. To show that they care, which I think that spills all just the wrong possible scenarios possible. I just well, don't like that.
0: Uh, one of the people who actually called out Goodell was Houston Texans wide receiver Kenny Stills. He mm-hmm. said, "Save the bullshit."
1: Yeah, Kenny Stills has been that. He's, he's had he's had always the active mouth. It went time in Miami, time in Houston, time in Saint St- New Orleans. He's always had some sort of like um, opinion, but. The thing that Joe the Joe of statement in that article blew my mind. I said that saying that the Minneapolis or the Vikings in in general should bring in Colin I just, uh, I blew my mind.
2: I'm going to try not to get too passionate about this. Because this, this, this. I uh, thought it was
0: interesting because we just talked about it. No, it's very,
2: it's very interesting. I'm going to try not to ramble as I give you my opinion. But I think that the fact that these players that are playing in a league that's made up of seventy percent plus African American players. That they're gonna go. The NFL doesn't care about black people. Route. The NFL is supporting not just supporting seventy percent of their, you know, uh, employees that are minorities. Not not just supporting their families. These guys are very well off. Number two, Colin Kaepernick wasn't. He took a very different approach to protesting kneeling during the national anthem, whether it's right or wrong is a something you just don't do in the USA. There's nothing that if I flipped on the TV and didn't know what was going on and I saw him kneeling for the national anthem, I'd go, that guy's an asshole. What is he doing? You know, how does that say to somebody that doesn't understand what's going on that black lives matter? There's other ways to go about it. It's bullshit. So the fact that they're telling Roger Goodell that it's laughable that he would release a statement saying they care about African-American players based on the fact that he didn't support Colin Kaepernick kneeing for the national anthem is complete bullshit in my mind. I don't get it.
0: Well, the NFL's response statement to that was, it says for quote, we would point you to our ongoing inspire change social justice effort which works closely with players and clubs and our partners at the players collation and the nflpa one of the key pillars of work in improving community and police relations and criminal justice reform um Goodall has also spent time working directly with players and law enforcement officials in their communities to understand the issues and identify areas where we can help bridge the relationship
1: yeah i just I think I'm with, with Craig on this one. It kind of blows my mind that, like, it's laughable that these players will come out or these people will come out and say this about the league. I'm like, you know, he's right. 7% of their workforce are African-Americans, and you don't know how many of these guys' lives that have been changed by calling by a head coach calling them or an owner or a GM calling their name on draft day and then providing them the contract and have these guys have a very solid 10, 15 career, Providing for themselves, but not only, but their families, too.
0: Well, they I do think, a lot of backgrounds on these new drafts, too, about oh, their yeah. story and where they came from and they how far them. they've come. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. They, 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 like you yeah, said, too, they do a lot more background. They actually, like, interview these guys and sit down and put them in a room and see what they're like. Because, obviously, yeah, you can have someone who's a great wide receiver, but, man, he's a dimwit. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He only he's going to be able to comprehend the playbook. Do you really want that as a wide receiver?
2: He even threw an olive branch of sorts out there because – and we talked about on the last episode. Um, I don't know if you guys are on the same page as me, but I feel like the rioting, looting, shooting, violence is all bullshit, unnecessary, mm-hmm. doesn't help the situation. But Goodell, and hopefully I'm not taking it out of context because I didn't read the entire statement, but it says the protesters' reactions to these incidents reflect the pain, anger, and frustration that so many of us feel. He's almost condoning these these acts that you wouldn't expect these guys to condone, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, you know, the I lost my train of thought there, but <laughs> I, I just I don't I I don't get this at all. So so he he's encouraging the protesting. He's saying, hey, we feel you guys, but the Colin Kaepernick thing, did anybody ever consider the fact that this guy sucks or are these people that polit- that are politically motivated? Do they know enough about football to say you should play? There was a major personality in the media that said Minneapolis uh, needs Colin Kaepernick, so it would be stupid if the Vikings didn't sign him right now to appease the community. It's a business.
0: He hasn't played since 2016.
2: No, yeah, and, had- and even when he did play, like that was a downhill spiral he was going down. He, I, I personally don't think he was blackballed because of the protesting. There's other guys that are still in the league that joined him in protesting and yeah. and that also caused as much headache. The way Kaepernick did it, though, he he burned a lot of bridges. But I think ultimately people forget that it, even though. He did well in the playoffs. He didn't get this 49ers to the playoffs. Number one, number two, he it was a constant mm-hmm. regression after that.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. Like he's not like, yeah, I mean, he has talent to be a solid backup, but I don't think every team is gonna be he's gonna be a sawed off after every single team because of his talent. I mean, look, if he, you know, there's a lot we could talk about. Um, you know, obviously, like, look, yeah, if I was nobody who the about football, I turn on a, a football game, I saw Con Captain you know, Hell yeah! I'd be, i be pissed. I'd be like, dude, this is America. You just stand for National No matter if you don't agree or something like that. There's people in the stands, players' families who serve this country for no reason to be there. But now, taking a look at these protests and what's going on, I, I, I mean, do we owe? Let me ask you this: is we, Do we owe an apology to Colin Kaepernick because of what's going on now? Like how upset we got out of him taking a knee, but now how we're seeing this reaction, like.
2: No, I don't think anybody's owed an apology. Um, mm-hmm. The only people apologizing are the ones, or that should be apologizing, are the ones that that commit these acts that are being protested against, mm-hmm. um, and the folks that are responding in a way that they shouldn't. and and, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get off track here, but my train arrived back at the station. I remember what I was going to say, and tell me if I'm wrong about this. <laughs> but if the Roger Goodell's in an interesting position because there are certain decisions only he can make. So if a player gets in trouble and they get suspended from the league and they go to jail and then they get released from jail, let's say Michael Vick, okay, for an example. Michael Vick goes back in and asks for his job back. It's up to Roger Goodell. He can say yes or no, and it's only up to him. Michael Vick is just one example of an African American that that n- it's up in the air of whether or not he deserved to have the privilege of playing in the NFL and Goodell gave him another chance. Okay. If Roger Goodell was this racist, rich, white billionaire bully, I don't think that Josh Gordon would be on a sixth chance, that uh you know, Mike Vick would have been back in the league, that Alden Smith would be playing, that Tyreek Hill, or Kareem Hunt would be playing. Uh Gary's No one. What's that?
1: Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's
2: another one. Um, And and there's other people too, you know, uh, Pac-Man Jones. There's – and notice I said people, not black guys. You know, coincidentally, these are all African-Americans, but, you know, that just proves the point that Goodell, as the judge, jury, and executioner, gives people second chances in an arena where – the vast majority, like the chances of you make it to the NFL, regardless of whether you're white or African American or whatever, are astronomically small. You have a better chance of getting hit by lightning or bitten by a shark. You know, there's not that yeah. many players. So, you know, I think that I think that this is all being spun in a way that isn't fair to Roger Goodell. Um, am I am I off base there?
1: No, I I agree. With no, that. I agree. I think you said you know that's what we. We talked about last time when we did our recap of the NFC East, and we found this article regarding the whole Colin Kaepernick situation, and I think this is why Tiffany kind of started off, because we might as well talk about it because obviously right now, in the NFL NFL's might be one of the biggest news mm-hmm. before we head to the Texans. So, no, I, I agree with you 100%, Greg. Yeah, I
0: agree. All right, well, today we are starting off our AFC South Division week with the Houston Texans. Um, so, they played their first season in 2002 as an expansion team, making them the youngest franchise currently competing in the NFL. Um, they are an expansion team for the Houston Oilers, who played from 1960 to 1996, which moved to Nashville and are now the Tennessee Titans. Oh. So, there's a little bit of history in the division there for <laughs> you. Um the owner was Bob McNair. He just passed away in 2018, so the majority of the ownership of the team went to his wife. Oh, okay. Um, so last year, the Texans won the AFC South Division Championship, um, and they were in the wild card round. Um, they lost eventually to the Kansas City Chiefs, who obviously won the Super Bowl, and they finished with a 10-6 and record. Um, obviously, Watson's their quarterback mm-hmm. you know they're behind him one ten thousand percent oh yeah, yeah um obviously a big talk though with the texans i feel like it's who they've let go yeah, you know, oh, cause yeah hopkins was a big player for them you know they just traded him and got rid of him so that was a big conversation as to who's going to fill that role um and fill his shoes and you know providing watson with the offensive line he needs so they can make it farther into the playoffs
1: yeah, no, that's, that's going to be the question. You hit right on the nail, Tiff. Uh, with who is going to step up and replace that big, huge shoes filled with, that was filled, was filled by DeAndre Hopkins. My opinion, the top three best receivers in the NFL currently, right now. Um, and him moving to Arizona gave, man, Kyle Murray, how he's doing it in the world right now, probably when he found that situation. So you're right. The, the 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 biggest question for the Houston Texans is who are they gonna help replace and you know that
0: so looking into this yeah. the person so I you guys can we can talk about this which yeah. I also have a question that kind of goes more into the Texans overall when we're done but mm-hmm. so they have brought in a lot of veterans from other teams this off season um, one of them being Brandon Cooks uh, from the Rams. Uh, He's the one that they have more justifiable as a possible replacement for Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Um, He caught 402 passes for almost 6,000 yards and 34 touchdowns within his six-year career in the NFL, which includes four 1,000-yard seasons.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he was a beast in Los Angeles with um, Robert Woods and also to, um, excuse me, uh, with Jared Goff as quarterback. Um, which, yeah, you're right, Tiff, and he brought in, they brought in some talent. They brought in Brandon Cooks, they brought in Round Cough from Green Bay. They brought in, they still have Will Fuller, who's sold the number two. number two. So they have potential plus to a tight end, with, they, I live, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a big fan of the AC South unless the Jaguars, obviously, but um, I'm a big fan of Darren Fells. 6'7 tied in, 281, I think he's a beast. I kind of was surprised, I forgot they actually signed Brandon Cooks and Round Cobb. so when you were doing your research, you showed me, I was like, oh man, okay, they actually might have like two or three players who maybe fill a boy for one. So I think they have potential to, to bring that wide receiver position back to the life. Mm-hmm. Not that they'll fill all of the shoes, but I think they still have a chance at talent. Yeah.
2: They have pretty good depth at wide receiver to where mm-hmm. I think they can afford to have given up DeAndre Hawk and Hopkins. The problem is they got hosed on that trade. And yeah. Bill O'Brien, like if you Google Bill O'Brien, I bet you the top five Google search results are lists of terrible decisions he's made and he's one of the longer tenured coaches in the nfl and and it's ridiculous um to think but somehow he hangs on to his job hopefully he knows what he's doing but you know
0: so uh really quick off of you saying that craig i was when i was doing my research today too i saw an article with it about jj watt and they were asking him about Bill O'Brien as a coach, and they said that when he got asked that question, it was super awkward, and he had a long pause before he said an answer. He took his hat off a couple of times, like you can just tell. Asking him that question, mm-hmm. that he wasn't really comfortable answering it.
2: Yeah, he's and and he's tired of dealing with the media, and the media is tired of dealing with him. Um, yeah, but when you make a lot of bad decisions, people ask a lot of hard questions, especially yeah. when generally the folks covering your team are fans or uh voices for the fans so it's he's i if they don't make the playoffs or go deep in the playoffs you know they're they're gonna question whether or not to keep them employed but they are stacked at wide receiver even without at hopkins
1: yeah well also too um yeah i mean I, i'm a big fan of like i, I brought in darren phelps was tight in there and cleveland got brought to houston I'm a big fan. I don't like the I don't like the Texans. I don't like the Colts. I don't like the Titans for obvious reasons. Um I know Miami just is my biggest fan. You know the Jags. I know Miami is much much even maybe just as much when it comes to AFC South, but man like I I, I'm, I agree with you. I feel like if the depth they have with the Rice series brought in and also too. I mean Carlos Hyde, where did Carlos Hyde go? Where did he go? Carlos
2: Hyde, I think he went to yeah,
1: Seattle. 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 Seattle, that's right. We're, Seattle, yeah. Which I thought he was a good fit, and in, 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 um, in, in Houston, but they brought in David Johnson, which is injury prone. So, uh.
0: so here's a little backstory for you guys, just so like you know, because we were just talking about how you have a better chance of getting eaten by a shark than you do to make it in the NFL. Right. So Carlos Hyde actually went to my high school. He was a senior when I was a freshman, and you know. I don't know if you guys know a lot about college football or like, you know, back way long yeah, time yeah. ago, but you know, there was a couple players, you know, like Nick Alajajian went to university of Florida and it's just crazy to see like in high school, even, you know, a lot of these big high school football players that people hype up and they think that they're going to go super far and do great things like Nick Aljajian. And he went to Florida and didn't do that great at Florida. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look at Carlos Hyde, whereas, you know, the football program here, I feel like didn't give him as much support in that elevation that he needed mm-hmm. as someone like Nick Alajajian. And, you know, he went to a small school in Ohio. He went to go play for Ohio State, and mm-hmm. now he's playing in the NFL.
1: Yeah, no, that's crazy. I, that it, When he first told me that, like, he went to Naples High, I was like, man, I was like, that's crazy, because you were, you were a freshman as a senior. I mean, you mm-hmm. guys, obviously, you guys weren't like friends but like you guys were close like you guys really same close as being like proximity <laughs> to each other uh, but, but like close as like you guys you, you knew of him like you in the same school you're in the same hallways and which is pretty cool like i went to high school where there was a couple of guys and the other one dude who may have NFL potential and he tried for a team and he never made it so that's pretty cool that like, Naples Hyde produced that too which i thought them, them listen Carlos Hyde was a little premature because i thought he really found his home in
0: um, yeah, I thought really he really, did great last yeah,
1: year. Yeah, did really well in Jacksonville, which I was kind of disappointed in. Did well in Houston, but then I think, but honestly, Seattle needs running back, so I think the incentive for him to go to Seattle is going to be a lot more better than staying in Houston.
0: Well, and, you know, the Houston now has this new running back tandem duo that they're saying is a duo to watch next season is the Johnson duo. It's yeah. Duke Johnson, who is already with the Texans, but they also brought in David Johnson, um, he's caught 2,219 yards and has had 15 receiving touchdowns in his career. Um, so they said that that's going to be a pretty dynamic duo at running back too as well.
1: David Johnson.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Um, and dude Johnson, dude Johnson from the, yeah. How'd you feel about dude Johnson being from the Browns? I mean, did you like him to solve them? Um, it's
2: hard to find a spot on a roster with, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but, uh, uh Duke Johnson's one of my all-time favorite Cleveland Browns players, and I think he's one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL. Um, he never get got all the carries he deserved, but still he was productive. Um, Rushing-wise, uh, it wasn't always uh, pretty in the stat line as far as how many yards he would get, but he was such a threat receiving that there were times it felt like he was the best receiver on the team, and they would line him out in the slot and do some things like that. And actually, most years, he had more receiving yards than rushing yards. Um, But he was, in a way, a victim of the fact that he's a Swiss Army knife and a victim of a running back by committee situation. But Duke Johnson is, is, if somebody would let him, and he's not going to get to with David Johnson, but if somebody would hand him the ball on first, second, and third down, I think people would be surprised at, at what he could do.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited for that, too. Like, we're just talking about the depth that the Texans have. Like, I would be very surprised if they don't make the playoffs. Like, I, I, would, be, I would be very surprised with them not making the playoffs in the depth they have because, I mean, well, Titans, are, Titans are for the later So, But I feel like my opinion, like, being very non-biased, yeah, I would love to see Jaguars win the division in the Super Bowl, but is that going to happen? No, I'm not going <laughs> to ask for Santa Claus come to come down from the sky right now. But – my, my prediction is that the AFC South, the Houston Texans, I feel like everything we're talking about, the depth they have, I feel like they're very, the most solid team, well-established in the AFC South currently right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, a couple of players that they have to watch who are recovering from injuries last year, who are hoping are going to be 100% healthy, is obviously J.J. Watt and then Justin Reed, who is their safety.
1: Justin Reed came from... He
0: had two shoulder injuries that he even played with last year. So, they said that, you know, the amount that he was able to, to produce last year, having, trying to doctor two shoulder injuries while playing. So, they're saying that he's uh, going to okay, be okay. even better next year, being 100% healthy. Yeah,
1: he's, old. he's younger than me. Oh, man, I forgot. I, I was thinking of a Justin, different Justin Reed. Um, Yeah, no, I feel like their defense is always still pretty solid. I think as long as they have J.J. Watt in the defense, they'll be fine. They have um, Aaron Colburn, you Know he's a good nickel safety as well, too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think they're pretty solid on both sides of the ball.
0: Well, and on the defensive end, too, they just uh made a deal with Tuncel. Is that how you say his last name?
1: Larry Tuncel, yeah.
0: Um, actually making him now the highest paid offensive tackle in the league, um, at 22 million a year. Previously, it was Lane Johnson at 18. Wasn't this
2: year. the guy that fell on draft day because right before the draft started, somebody posted a video of him smoking weed with a gas mask on
1: yeah yeah that was back in 2017 yeah that, i remember that because yeah, yeah i'm looking it up right now I forgot about <laughs> that, that crap. yeah yeah so they, they basically like if, if you don't know he basically had a bong strapped up to his gas mask and he lit a bong that weed and someone hacked his twitter account and posted it on there i totally they, they
2: posted it fact. literally as the draft was kicking off so he lost millions of dollars within a matter of minutes because he was going to be a top five pick. And he fell pretty far, if right. I remember correctly.
1: He did it down to uh, yeah. 13 to the Dolphins. Yeah, which is way below the women I thought he'd be, for sure, top five.
0: Well, it's good to hear that he's come, you know, this far and has really proved himself that oh, besides yeah. that, he's a good I'm sure player. he still smokes yeah. weed. He just
2: makes sure there's no cameras in the room.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we can see it.
1: A lot of NFL players do this without (laughs) characters in the room. I don't play – or I'm paying like 24-7. So, uh, I forgot about that. It's actually a really funny memory.
0: (laughs) Um, So, a couple of second-year players. So, players that were rookies last year um, that are going into their second year this year that they have as players to watch as well is uh, Titus Howard. Uh, He concluded his rookie season playing eight games and only surrendered two sacks through 448 snaps on offense. Um, they also have Lonnie Johnson and Max Sharping and um, Charles... I'm not sure how to say his last name.
1: Who was it again? Um, oh, Amame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of weird words. Um, Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, out of the Houston Texans, what do you feel is most likely to happen in 2020? J.J. Watt playing 14 games lonnie johnson improves from mediocre to acceptable eric murray can play deep middle whitney merculus or jacob martin have double digit sacks or the rookies combined for 10 sacks
2: Mm. it's it sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead
1: no, you can still. No, it's good. it's
2: hard to imagine at this point. J.J. Watt playing 14 games. Um, the last couple of years have been really bad for him, injury wise. Um, hopefully, he's not rushing himself back. He's the difference maker, though, if he can get on the field for 14 games or more. Um, just to give you an idea, the first five years of his career, he played every NFL game. And then in 2016, he played three, 2018. He played 16 games last year. He played eight. Um, He had a 16 sack year for a 16 game season in 2018. And then going, and then the other three, the past three out of the four years, he had um, eight sacks combined. So like it's, it's a huge difference when he's on the field. And he's had some 20-plus sack seasons when he's been healthy. He's the difference maker.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel like his presence, his experience, his knowledge, and his wisdom as a veteran defensive end, and how just even his presence as a size brings so much more. Like, if you're a quarterback lining up behind the center and you see J.J. Watt looking dead at you, Dude, one of the scariest dudes in the NFL and kind of those times quarterback saying what was your welcome to the NFL like they're like JJ Watt if they hit if he hit you welcome to the NFL. Dude's massive oh fun fact too about JJ Watt when I went to a Jaguars game two two years ago when they played Texans and Jacks for my birthday I got to the football with JJ uh, Watt. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. He was
1: going he was going around the sidelines with me and my me and my dad, my buddy Brad, got like uh, tickets really up close to the field, and he was going around tossing football to the fans. So we tossed football back and forth. That was cool. It's pretty cool. But I like JJ. Why is a good human being?
0: So do you think that he'll be healthy enough to play more this season and improve from how he was last season and the season before?
1: I don't think so. I think I think as much as it hurts to say that I think the, the Texans should look for a defensive end high in the first round uh, draft next year because he's only limited by how much he can play. It's, it's been a progression of games being played for him. I mean, you know, he might be healthy, you never know, but I, I don't see it happening. I don't see him playing more than, like, eight games again. Yeah. It's like he's going to get her somewhere or another.
2: Eric Murray's got some potential. He's, uh, you know, he, he played in Cleveland last year. Um, mm-hmm. The general manager that brought him in uh, was coincidentally the general manager in Kansas City when he was in Kansas City. Um he only played nine games last year. He's played pretty much full seasons before that. Um but what's interesting is he's on the field generally on first down. Um if if you look at his situational statistics, um basically once you get to second down uh and third down, they generally take him off the field. Um that can mean a couple different things, but uh he's not a ball hawk he's not going to get a lot of tackles he plays situational football so it'll be interesting to see if he can make a name for himself there
0: yeah i agree with that so let me this is a little kind of not off topic but kind of off topic so overall like i just want to get your guys' opinion Mm. on like like what's kind of the thought process about it for someone who maybe doesn't know so what i've noticed a lot with these teams in this off season and trades and all of that stuff i see a lot of teams bringing in veteran players but a lot of these veteran players play between six to 10 11 games most of them like the season before like I've, i've seen a lot of teams like throughout this whole all of the teams that we've done I've seen quite a few teams trade and bring on veteran players, mm-hmm. but they've played less than 10 games last season of the season before. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, I'm just asking how, like, like, what's, what do you, what do you think is like the I, thought I
2: think I think it behind? comes down to the reason they're available is that there was some reason they weren't working out with the last team. It could have been health. It could okay. have been scheme you know, coach gets fired in the middle of the year, the defensive coordinator gets promoted to head coach for the rest of the year. And then somebody else is calling the plays on defense. It could completely shift the strategy. They may keep the same base defense or playbook, but they may call the plays differently. So they may not be as necessary. Um, Good teams don't let good players go for no reason. So usually Mm -hmm. there's a reason. And some of the time, it's the players' fault some of the time. It's just there's no chemistry there. So that's yeah. That's why you see notable signings of players that didn't play full seasons the year before.
1: Okay. I think I think Craig, Craig said this um, phrase a, 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 a good amount of times was uh, high risk, high yes. reward. So you you can you can pay a good veteran player to come in who's been hurt maybe just one year last year, you know, the year before that, played six to 11 games, but had a very good, successful career in another team. So, like he said, it, it happens because get fire schemes don't work, players get shuffled, shuffled around, quarterback gets go down. Whatever the case may be, that might affect them around them. Sometimes they, they don't play to a certain ability, so if they get hurt or it just doesn't work out, then they have a chance to go somewhere else. And honestly, going to a new team is like, Going to a new job or a new home or whatever—it's like a breath of fresh air a little bit. So I think it's, it's a higher risk, higher reward. That like you can take these guys a higher risk of maybe them being hurt again or not performing, but it's a higher reward if you pay them and they do perform because that's going to elevate your team so much, especially as a veteran player. Yeah. So that's that's my pretty much uh, summary of of uh, that as well. Okay. So the team's ringing in, which yeah. is pretty interesting. I mean, you know, even talk about backup quarterbacks being veterans, backup quarterbacks like you've never really seen this before in history, like. Yeah, you've traced all these great names starting quarterbacks over the years, but you never know who the backup is. But now these teams, oh, man, yeah, you know who the backup is. You know who Marcus plays for the Raiders. You know that Andol plays for the Cowboys now. You know that, like, players like that become high names playing for a different team. So that's all my stuff right. around it.
0: Well, that's all I have for the Texans. Did you guys have anything else?
1: Um, You know, I like I said about being a being big Jaguars fan, um, is that I know my enemies just as much as my favorite team. Um I'm not gonna be biased because at this point I just can't be a bit ignorant of me to be biased. Um but I, I it, going to the I know we're gonna do a recap at the end, but the Texans they just from the research we've done, the players they acquired over the offseason, the amount of talent they have, I'd just be surprised they don't want the division to get far into the playoffs. Because they don't, then they may they need to make a step back. Not saying it's Deshaun Watson's issue or I think he's a great quarterback. It was two years three years ago when they drafted Larry Fournette over Deshaun Watson. I'm like, man, what what, what if? But um I think I won't be surprised. I would be very surprised if they don't let me... no go far.
0: Do you think that they'll do better than 10 and 6?
1: Um yeah yeah like my okay my yes I I think they should be better than 10 and six. Not saying 10 and 6 is good it's good but I think they're from what I think a lot of fans a lot of inside people in Houston think they should maybe go 11-5, 12-4, which they have the talent to. I, I, I mean, they have AFC Championship ability. They almost beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs came back and beat them, so mm-hmm. they, they, they can only get better this year. It's one player DeAndre Hopkins. they have other team talents, too, so they all can go up. You know. Let
2: me ask you this. Peter Peter King came out with his uh, power rankings, going like the post-draft, post-free pre agency uh, power mm-hmm. rankings. Now, if you don't know, Peter King is uh, not just one of the most famous writers uh, in the NFL or NFL history. He's one of the most famous writers in sports writing in the entire world. But his focus is on, on football. He wrote for Sports Illustrated for years. Um, he has Houston at number 22 in his power rankings behind Denver, Miami, Arizona, Chicago, Um Oh, Philadelphia, Indy, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are high on Buffalo, but um, you know, do you are you're surprised by that?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty mm-hmm. surprised by that, especially like you know some of those other teams that you had on there, like the Dolphins and the Broncos and the Bears, that didn't really. I don't think they really made an impact last year enough to be talked about that much. I mean, obviously, this off season uh will be an interesting one on how teams do with this virtual off season mm-hmm. and not having as much of that, you know, team and one-on-one time. Um and the fact that they were already, you know, division champions for and almost beat the Chiefs.
2: Well, I think that the Chiefs game kind of ended the season on a sour note not just because they didn't advance in the playoffs beyond that but they were up and then for the second four or you know for the first 20 minutes after the first 20 minutes of play they were leading okay and it would have been 24 24 nothing okay and they're Mm -hmm. like oh cool we got this in the bag we're like questioning kansas city kansas city scores 51 points to houston's seven points in the last 40 minutes of the game i feel like it's going to be telling to see whether Deshaun Watson can use that and play with a chip on his shoulder, or if, if that's going to, you know, mess with him, mess up his head a little bit. So hopefully you would like to think you root for the guy, you know, he's a guy that's hard not to root for, even if you root for the Jags French, but, um, you know, do you think, do you think he'll be able to get past that?
1: Um, I, th- I oh well yeah like so I, I gotta hope not but I mean coming from a, a a football fan perspective not being biased he said um yeah I think he'll be I don't think he'll get past that I think that like you said they lost the Chiefs on a very sour note and I don't think I think Deshaun Watson is elite he is a Pro Bowl quarterback um do I think he'll win a Super Bowl ring in his career I, I think so I won't be surprised if he doesn't I mean uh, but um I'm pretty surprised that they do have the Texans at 22 what bothers me is they have the Titans at, at seven. Why? That bothers. That that grinds my gears to a That's point. That's just where because I, you can't. Stand <laughs> it. I can't stand. it. But like, Ryan Tannehill. No way that he comes back and has that scene again. Titans. It was a fluke. Okay. Look. And honestly, as much as I hate to compare it to this, this is my thing. Okay. Twenty seventeen. Jazz go ten six. I think the Titans were like nine seven ten six whatever. A better above, above average record. Not great, but not. Not bad, but kind of like okay, decent enough to get in the playoffs. Um, and they remind me of the 2017 Jags. The Jags beat the Bills in the first round, beat the Steelers in the second round, lost to Midland, um, and the um, the Asian championship. Okay, Blake Borals was not a very elite, elite quarterback as much as I love, but wanted to believe in him. I just, he was in La Tannehill. Okay. And I think the Titans are gonna fall off after this year, in my opinion, because they gave Blake Bortles a big contract after that great year. He fell off. Then they're gonna get they give Ryan Tannehill this big contract. He's gonna fall off. I just don't think the Titans are gonna be number seven. And you, I mean, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I just don't see them bouncing back and being the same elite. I,
2: I think it's I think it's gonna to be tough, you know, for them to get back there. But having the reigning NFL rushing champion uh that helps they have a solid defense and mike Vrabel is i think the guy that peter king's betting on more than Tannehill. so right and
1: i i i hate tennessee to the passion of my inner core but man i do respect mike Vrabel. i will give him that i think he's a phenomenal person a phenomenal player once we was in new england and in kansas city i think he's a phenomenal head coach i would love to have mike Vrabel. Um, but I just be, I just, I just, I know Jacksonville's not going to be good this year. I know it's probably rebuilding this year. And obviously, a lot of power rankings have them at like 30. I just feel like with Tennessee coming into this year, they have a lot to live up to Houston trying to get better. And also Indianapolis with Phil Rivers now. Yeah. And this is going to be a tough division. This is a very competitive division. Even the Jaguars in my league this year, they could still, everybody could get the beat the beat beat thumbs up. You know, it could be a, a division. I like, see a the problem now. I or, scrolled
2: down to the bottom of the article. Jacksonville's 32. I, I, I see what the problem is now.
1: Jacksonville's at 32. <laughs> yeah, it
0: pisses me off. <laughs> what, what I want to put the Houstons maybe more. I don't know if I would have put them 22. I probably would have put them more like. I mean, I, I can mat. see them being, yeah. you
2: yeah. know, number 15 or 16, but, you know, where they kind of lose me is Chicago, Arizona, and Miami. Um, yeah. Denver probably so. has some, uh, some potential there, but I think that. And we can talk about this more when we get to the Jaguars, but I think you should root for them to tank for, you know, there's a, there's a pretty good guy coming
1: out next year. Yeah, but dude, it's Gardner Minshew, man. You you, okay, you okay. got to yeah. watch
0: Craig, Craig. this is this is French's I know. fandom for Gardner Minshew. Okay, I love Gardner Minshew. So by the way. I. I we, we transformed our front room into a football room, and for French, I printed out a picture and hung on the wall a picture of Gardner Minshew, and he has his own pledge of allegiance to oh the pledge Lord. of Gardner Minshew.
2: Can, can can we hear it?
0: Yes.
1: Okay, I, I'm still working on <laughs> still rough draft. Okay, it's still working. I haven't I haven't got this pep, uh, trademark pending. Okay, um, it's I pledge allegiance to Gardner Minshew of the jacksonville jaguars of the nfl and to the oh wait i have another pledge of allegiance hold on i do know the pledge of allegiance i'm trying to try <laughs> i pledge this to, to Garden and the jacksonville jaguars of america to which it stands one quarterback under center for touchdowns and mustaches for all i am not it's not completely yet. but i just i just we'll get this more about the jaguars too but i just and i'll do my best not to keep talking about them but i'm Going back to the whole AFC 1000 as a whole, I would definitely understand maybe Texas being in the middle of the pack. Maybe it might fall off this year for me, have so much success last year, but it does lose me that Miami's ahead of them, that, that um that um, uh, Arizona's ahead of them, Chicago. I just feel like those teams still have a lot of ability to do, and I just feel like I feel like the, the, the Titans are gonna lose some success. I just think that like I don't know. I feel like the Colts are gonna be good this year. I, it's just gonna be it's it's actually gonna be an interesting division. But I don't, I don't agree with Peter King playing the Texans that level. I think we're going to
2: need like that. two hours to cover Jacksonville because I think this is going to be a uh, intervention of sorts for me and Tiffany. And I think you should prepare yourself. I think
0: so too. For <laughs> <But> what? <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm going to tell you why they want you to love Gardner Minshew and why it's not going to matter next year. We'll talk about that on the Jaguars episode. Oh my gosh,
1: you're going to have some rough gonna, talk. We're going to have, to no, no, anticipate no, for no, a couple days. As much as, I, but no. Overall, going back to Gardner Minshew taking, yeah, honestly, they tank. Oh yeah, I would love to have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong, I love Gardner Minshew. It's just we need to our episode <laughs> Friday night. Let's Friday night because I can talk about. I just have a lot to say about Jacksonville quarterbacks history, and the way they got it was passing quarterbacks got screwed. It all started with David Garrard. We'll get into that Friday night. Okay, <sighs> this is be a long episode. <laughs> okay, I'll be a long episode. the beer off, but. We're just, I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say about this. It's like my religion.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, did you guys have anything else on the Texans?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm pretty excited for this division and um, I'm looking forward for this whole week, even talking about the Colts, Titans, and the Jags.
0: Yeah, me too. Well, tomorrow we have the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so we will be back with you guys tomorrow evening. Um, thank you guys for listening and we hope everyone